Greetings to our friends new and old. We finally got around to telling people we're making this podcast, so hello. Thank you. We're so excited you're here. And now that word's out, it seems high time we formally introduced ourselves and welcomed you to your seats at our little magic show. The next two episodes will delve into how the wizard and I approach our work with romantic magic, as well as who we are and how our traits suit us for the task at hand. Next time we will learn about the wizard Lupura and his new land mapping sigil project. But this week we'll be meeting me, Woo the Bard. I couldn't very well write my own introduction, awkward at best. So I asked the wizard. When he was done laughing and shaking his head, he said, no thanks. I really need your help with this, I insisted. But you're the writer. Bard is in your title, he reminded me. You've got it covered. Listen, it's not like I'm asking you to read it. Although you might consider that too. I reached over to a nearby shelf. How about we play for it? I win, you write me a little bio. You win, I'll do it all myself. Yours and mine. He dealt from Mawanda's deck. Rookie mistake. These cards and I are far too well connected for me to lose. I won the first hand easily. Best two of three, the wizard said, his gaze sidelong. Another win for me. Two of three became four of six, and six of eight, before he finally acquiesced. And as I expected he would, the wizard wrote me the sweetest introduction I could imagine, which I will now read, because no amount of card games was going to get him to read it to you. My secret hope is that this assignment will lead to more wizard musings here at the show. Perhaps some of the rhymes I know he recites so well. For now, woo the bard as told by the wizard Lupura. Cursed with a mind of magic, our dear bard resonates with the essence of Earth, Virgo, Venus, and the inescapable curiosity of a child. She frustrates me terribly with her lists, plans, and giant bag of notebooks, constantly correcting me and holding me to yesterday's reality. She is a thick piece of iron, and her pen is much, much heavier. None of this would exist without her, and her ability to see connections within words and language. She mimics my ability to see shapes within the abstract with her approach to reading. With nothing more than a glance, she will point out mistakes and errors on billboards, letters, and even royal manuscripts. I have become a believer in her ability to read on many levels. Her ability and divination with her deck has become a compass in which I explore Artarium a true seer and sage, regardless of what she thinks. The greatest story will come from her hand. It might be drafted in the woods we are currently exploring, or manifested in a worn page from her notebook, but it will happen. I'm sure of it. I have gone places that seemed impossible before our collaboration. Evenings that seem cluttered with simple life tragedies end up cracking open new realities and entities that fill our workshop. Our dear bard is nothing more than the High Priestess of Artarium. Her ability to create these wonderful maps using my art will undoubtedly land us in a fantastical world of magic. Regardless of the adventure, I will never lose track of our friendship, our connection in all of this. She has become my sister, even something closely resembling motherly at times. I have become uncle to her hobbit, who I love with all my heart and a friend to her darling husband. The bard that guides us through this journey will forever be my best friend, 
my equal, my wolf, Wu. P.S. I find the duality and the connection between the pen and the brush to be our deepest rabbit hole. I play my part as the wizard in this adventure. However, I'm more of a hobo, a tramp, a clown scribbling love poems to my beloved muse. The one casting spells of magic is the bard. I am the romantic to her magic. Ah yes, ever the poetic wizard. A brilliant introduction, my friend. Thank you. My mind, for all its faulty moments, was made to be the researcher of our outfit. The investigator, keeper of spreadsheets, file folders, and supply closets. I am a Virgo who was raised in the corporate world, love to seek out answers, and voraciously organize information. It's what led the wizard to ask me if I'd be interested in creating an oracle deck when we'd just begun working together. I had some graphic design experience and knew how to cobble together a website, and in talking with him about my career as a writer and editor, he could plainly see my deep relationship with language. He added the sticks to the deck, intuitively crafting the sigils for the 26 characters of the Codex Artarium, a rune-like language that combines geometric shapes and shaded panes that symbolize aspects of each character. These sigils have transformed over time, starting out as rough-hewn primitive characters before taking on cleaner lines and easily repeatable shapes. Shapes that can build on one another, stack like a tower or stand shoulder to shoulder like a bizarre city skyline. It was in naming these characters that I found a home for my love of language, creating, or perhaps unearthing, one of our own. Each character took on a name built from its parts, but it didn't seem right to use just the English words, as our world is rich with languages and cultures. From our background as members of the order of bards, ovates, and druids, we selected Celtic. To tap into our own linguistic roots, we chose Latin. For feeling, depth, and a little familiarity, we chose Spanish. And in honor of the Roma, the gypsies in whom the wizard finds his kin, we selected Romani. With these four languages, we began creating compounds, piecing together the names for each character in turn. Atherna, Solustratum, Kalipa, Firamar. Beautiful names that rolled easily off the tongue. We extended this naming practice to the wizard's art collection, but we'll save that tale for another show. The suits for the Oracle Artarium were based loosely on the chakra system, but with only four suits and seven chakras, some pairings resulted. The fit remained uncanny. The square suit represents the root chakra, the triangle, the gut, the circle, the heart and throat, and the star fort, our nod to America's history with magic, represents the third eye and crown chakras. Within these four categories, all 52 sticks and stones fit perfectly. This would be one of the first times we experienced harmony, what others call a synchronicity. Each place we visit gets at least one card pulled from the oracle, each major life event, each morning. Some warrant three cards, like last week's reading for the full moon. The beauty of the oracle is that so much information is tied up in each card. The zodiac, colors, planets, directions, elements, emotions, and more. All the members of the major arcana are present, as is each suit of the standard tarot deck. 
and each card comes with a description of the letter or stone's attributes, uses, and symbolism. The readings I do for romantic magic also involve tarot and geomancy. The wizard and I use a variety of tarot decks that we know and love, giving each one a personality or guide that helps us to gather information from the divine through our readings. We seek answers about the earth from geomancy. Recently, I've begun putting the romantic spin on this ancient divination method. It ties in perfectly with the wizard's episode next week, linking up art with land readings in this beautiful abstract dance. Once I've gotten a little further with romantic geomancy, I'll be sure to share that here as well. One of my other major roles as bard of romantic magic is storytelling and character creation. Not long ago, the wizard and I operated a small local shop called Spellcraft, where we sold magical home goods, handmade amulets, oddities, books, art, and other mystical sundries. It was there that I began weaving the stories of Artarium, the jet-black clowns that dwell in the shadows, trains with crystals for smokestacks, a gilded king and queen, and a long line of merchants, artisans, and dancers that stretched out like a snake through the woods. I began my life as a poet and artist. I allowed my resolve to get shaken at times growing up, and wasn't quite sure how to go to college to become a professional writer, so I pursued a degree in journalism. It wasn't long after graduation that I began working for a company focused on wetlands conservation. A few web design and PR jobs later, and I became a member of the company's magazine editorial staff the last role I would serve in before coming to work for Romantic Magic full-time. I had the opportunity to learn new styles, catalog information shared in the magazine, and hone my editing skills with each issue we produced. It was basically a nerd's dream. I learned so many skills and had the chance to see a single company from many sides. I am forever grateful for that opportunity and for the generosity that company showed me. It also established in me a spirit for what we do here at Romantic Magic. We connect with sacred landscapes, encounter and catalog amazing entities and energies, look for portals and other places that pull us in, develop and field test methodologies and tools, dream while we're awake, find ways to harmonize, learn how to share those harmonies with others, and absolutely all of it is art. And we're both so excited to share it with you. So if any of this sounds interesting to you at all, I urge you to stay with us for another week. Find out what the wizard has in store. I have no doubt that maps, sigil making, abstractions, poetry, chaos, and the deepest of drones await you. With that, we are at the end of another episode of Romantic Magic. I suppose it's the right time to establish a new closing, since we've now officially met. In that spirit... Dragoxus Magir Shimare Adventurers Stay right where you are for this week's Umgrata, inspired by, well, me, I guess. I'm Lou the Bard, and this has been Romantic Magic. <laughs>